the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed, it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining. We're underway with hour number two. At 10 minutes after 10, thank you so much for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up in about uh, half an hour, we're going to talk to the Alliance Defending Freedom, doing some incredibly important work defending your freedom. And it's weird, you know, we'll talk uh, more specifically about it then. When they represent their clients um, who have been attacked, who have been sued, who have been accused, et cetera, et cetera, when all they're trying to do is engage and uh, uh, in their First Amendment rights to freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, et cetera, et cetera, you might just think that they're only representing that client. They're not. They're representing all of us because you have no earthly idea when you might be the next client. Not kidding, because you don't know when you're going to be attacked for your beliefs and your views and forced to compromise them at the point of a spear. And that's what ADF is all about. So we got another case we're going to tell you about coming up at 1035. Also want to remind you as we get started this hour, tomorrow is the last, well, it's not the last day, it's the day of the, um, War for the, War for America Soul Tour. And also your last chance now then to get tickets at, um, whkradio.com. There are less than 20 remaining. They might even be gone by now. You, you roll the dice. Go to whkradio.com. Com. See if you can get uh, one of the final tickets for the War for America Soul Tour, general admission only. And then also, I know there are still tickets available, however, for the Barbecue, Brew, and Hue event going on with Hugh Hewitt personally greeting and uh, having one-on-one conversations with attendees at the Club Impulse uh, Bar and Lounge there inside the Rockside, Holiday and Rockside uh, in Independence that we will be at tomorrow. So from 4 to 6, Barbecue, Brew, and Hue, an opportunity for you to have a great time, great conversation with Hugh, and sample some great ale as well from Sullivan's Brewing Company, which is the standard, honestly. And I know we have uh, Great Lakes here in Cleveland, and it is amazing, but uh, Sullivan's Brewing Company is literally the very best in the business. 
As a matter of fact, they were dis- they were um, uh, bestowed upon them the uh, title of Best Ale in the World by the International Brewing Awards, which are considered in the industry to be basically the Oscars of the brewing world. And those will be the samplings you'll be able to get tomorrow if you show up at 4 for the Barbecue Brew and Hue. Tickets available online at whkradio.com. I want to say this before I go to the phones, back to the phones. Talking about Vin, I got a lot of people on Twitter hitting me right now because I'm criticizing on Twitter and on air Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman. I'm talking about how he looks like a whiny little weasel. He sounds like a whiny little weasel. He cries and complains about like a whiny little weasel. And I got people saying, how can you speak that way of a military veteran who has a purple heart, who fought for his country? And I'm going to tell you something. Here's how I can speak that way. When this military veteran is engaging in a coup d'etat to remove the President of the United States to literally steal the throne of power, if you will, from a duly elected man uh, chosen by 63 million-plus American citizens and with an electoral college landslide. When you are a leaker who is engaging and aiding in this coup by giving this information from this call, which you know is totally innocent, but trying to use it by giving it to this whistleblower, Eric Charamella, and having him take it to uh, Adam Schiff's staff, and then them using it to build this phony uh, case against the President of the United States. Guess what? You have lost my respect. Your military service takes a pretty doggone big hit when you are, are engaging in what I, what I perceive to be treason against the United States. Talk about turning against. He went outside, as Navy Man Norm talked about, outside the chain of command. Instead of taking this up the ladder, he took it uh, to Charamella and told him to take it to Schiff. And away we go. Here we sit with all of this nonsense, millions and millions of dollars, and Lord only knows how many thousands and thousands of man hours wasted by this Congress over this nonsense, rather than having them get to work on the USMCA, have them get to the work on uh, funding our infrastructure improvements, have them get to work on the, the work of the American people, for crying out loud. So, no, uh, no, his status as a Purple Heart recipient and military veteran do not make him immune from criticism, not one bit, especially when he has turned against the commander-in-chief for ridiculous partisan reasons. Okay, Don in Cuyahoga Falls, thank you, thank you for your patience, Don. I know you've been there a while. Uh, appreciate that, sir. Go ahead. That's all right, Bob. Gives me a chance to kind of, uh, <coughs> excuse me for that. I'm no still problem. fighting off my guilt here. Uh I want to talk about Colonel Vindham, uh, just make a couple points, too. I think that uh, uh, our ex-military big guns, TJ and the Navy man Norm, have already made them. But uh, the one point I would like to make about Colonel Vindham is, you know, he, well, two points. He is flaunting his Army career here. And uh, like you duly pointed out, yeah, he's gone way outside the chain of command. And that's something even the... uh, you know, and a, a Marine Corps private, which I was at one time, knows, you know, right from, you know, almost in the first week. So he really has done something very despicable here. And uh, he, unfortunately, even looks the part of the smarmy little uh, vindictive guy that he is. Uh, I do want to say, too, that the one thing that kind of uh, struck me as odd about him is looking at his uh, decorations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Yes, I know he has a purple heart, and I, nobody can take that away from him. But he doesn't have any higher decorations than that, which really kind of surprised me. These, uh, especially these officers, 
they hand out, uh, you know, these awards uh, uh, to each other, kind of like candy almost, uh, distinguished service medals and defense uh, distinguished service medals, bronze stars. And he's got nothing higher than a Purple Heart, which is really kind of odd uh, for a career officer. And you could ask, like, a Kurt Schlichter about that. I think he'd agree. This is very strange. So he must have some uh, had had some issues with his career previously. That's an interesting observation. I don't know that in nearly as well as you do, obviously, since you have served. But uh, that is very interesting when you talk about his decorations, nothing higher than a Purple Heart. Yet he, he achieved the rank of lieutenant colonel. So, you know, whatever that, you know, they don't just they don't just give those promotions in rank out to anybody, do they? I will give him that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not taking anything away from him. Uh, yeah. But uh, even at that, he's he's. Uh, I would say this in quotations, just a lieutenant colonel, too. I mean, colonel is usually uh, what these guys go for, and he's not there at least yet. Uh, hey, Bob, I'd like to throw out something else, because uh, if I can here. Uh, we've got the anniversary of JFK's death coming up on Friday. Right. And I don't know if you were going to touch on it, but something struck me here. You know, for years and years, I would never, you know, they had all these uh, conspiracy theories about it. And to me, it was always Lee Harvey Oswald. He did the shooting. That was it. Uh, You know, cut and dry. But you heard all these wild conspiracies about the CIA being involved and all that. And I always blew all that off. I thought, that's ridiculous. It could never happen. But, you know, now in this last two years, I, I really have second thoughts about it. I never thought that, uh, you know, our uh, our agencies like that, intelligence agencies, would ever even come near thinking something like that. But now I've kind of changed my mind about it. I, I, I'm more open-minded to it. What do you think? I have always been open-minded to it. Um, although you're right, anybody who maybe has been skeptical and called these people conspiracy nuts or whatever, you're right. A lot of the stuff that we have seen, really not just in these last two years, Don, I would go back to almost the entirety of Hillary Clinton's public life. Uh, not kidding. And I'm talking about the number of people who have fu- suddenly been found suicided after crossing the Clintons. I'm talking about uh, uh, Benghazi, and I'm talking about how she gets away with it. I'm talking about how uh, so many different things. I don't want to just say her, but she's the kind of the face of it all. I have seen over the last several years, maybe the last 10 to 20 years, even going back into Bill Clinton's presidency, um, and, and a little bit during the Obama presidency. I, the gov, government is a very powerful thing. Uh, and, and they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of ways of, of making things happen. <sighs> Let's just put it this way, where the American people are going to be left wondering forever, scratching their heads wondering how this was allowed to take place with no one ever being held accountable. Uh, they know what they're doing. And so, and, and again, that is not to say, okay, the government killed Kennedy. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that I have always been open to the prospect of this not just being a one man, lone gunman type of situation, um, you know, that, uh, that ended up taking the life of Kennedy. Okay, yep, that's all I got for today, Bob. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Don. Boy, now you may have just changed the uh, direction of Friday's show. <laughs> we may have to talk about this uh, in more depth at that time. I uh, The different goals, let's say it that way, uh, the different aims of people who are in the government, and their aims, their goals may not be in lockstep with that of the leadership of government, but they have an influence in other areas that people don't see coming. Um, and, and wasn't it just Schumer? Wasn't it majority, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer who said at the beginning of this whole thing about two months ago, 
that you better be careful uh, if you cross the intelligence community because they have, and I'm paraphrasing it, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he said they have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. Uh, and that's a total paraphrase, but he essentially says, don't screw with the intelligence community. They can get you. The, their power is enormous, and I believe them. I believe them. And I don't think that started this year. I think that is goes, goes all the way back to Kennedy and beyond that. By the way, caller also mentioned Kurt Schlichter since we were talking about Vinman and his awards and decorations and so on and so forth. It made me uh, laugh because or maybe remember this. Yesterday, after Vinman played his, you uh, you know, please address me as Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, not Mister Vinman, as uh, Devin Nunez said. Um, Colonel Schlichter has decided uh, what he wants to be called. He tweeted this yesterday, uh, and I saw it uh, this morning, and I'm trying to grab it here before you have to take this time out. Yeah, here it is. Henceforth, I demand to be known as United States Army Colonel Retired Kurt Schlichter, B-A-M-S-J-D Esquire, 4th Earl of Sandwich, and Bringer of Fire, Father of Dragons. That, my friend, is how you play the, the trolling game. Take that, Alexander Vinman. Colonel Schlichter has one up to you. We'll be right back after this. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. For those who don't like uh, me or us attacking the credibility of the whiny weasel Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, partisan leaker to phony whistleblower in presidential coup d'etat comes before Purple Heart recipient in both the dictionary and on this man's resume. All right? You think his purple heart makes him immune from criticism? You think his purple heart means that you can't question his motives? You think purple heart means it's okay for him to try to stage this coup d'etat or participate in this coup d'etat against the commander-in-chief? Did John Kerry's purple heart make him beyond reproach when he ran for president against uh, George Bush in 2004? No. His entire record is up for scrutiny. It doesn't stop at Purple Heart. Stop there. You can't talk about anything else. No, that's not how this works. David in LaGrange is next on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, David. Go ahead. Yes, Bob, what you said um, about people not happy you criticizing this lieutenant colonel. Well, they think you don't have a right to do it, maybe because you didn't serve in the Army. I served 20 years and 11 days in the Army. So I'll do the criticizing for you. The lieutenant colonel is nothing but a turd. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be as blunt as that. <laughs> you know, he's not, nothing but it. We see the term in the military, you know, turd head, but it began with the S. Yeah, so I'll yeah. call him nothing but a shift head. A shift head, yes. I'm glad you clarified the Fs on the end of that so that we uh, make sure that we are safe here. Schiff as in Adam Schiff, a shift head. Yes, uh, I would agree. And you know what, David? I'm glad as a, an Army veteran, and thank you, by the way, for your service, I'm glad you pointed that out because that allows me to go into this. Um, I, I found this this morning when I was prepping for the show. Uh, there are a lot of war heroes who are doing what you just did, 
um, soldier, retired soldier. Uh, they're ripping Vinman. War heroes, specifically ripping Vinman. Mark Geist is a Marine who fought off terrorists during the Benghazi attack on the U.S. annex in Libya. He tweeted this, Vinman is a disgrace to all who have served. Transcript of his previous closed-door testimony, he clearly admits to undermining the president's foreign policy, and now he has Chairman Schiff advising him on how to answer questions. Rob O'Neill, a Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden, also criticized Vindman, calling him an operative. Quote, I agree. I wish the left wouldn't use his uniform to make him a saint. He's an operative with an agenda. He said that in response to a tweet by the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., who tweeted, anyone listening to Vindman stammer through this, seemingly trying to remember the catchphrases he was well coached on, should get that. He's a low-level partisan bureaucrat and nothing more. And one more, Jonathan T. Gilliam, another well-known Navy SEAL, tweeted, this guy reeks of spy. Vindman should be added to the list of deep staters that should be charged with conspiracy to overthrow. So just to throw that out there for you, you're not the only one, uh, Dave in LaGrange, uh, who's a veteran who uh, has something to say about Vinman. There are a lot of very prominent, well-known war heroes who feel the same exact way, and I'm glad you all are willing to say it. Thanks so much for the call. Right back after the news. Ten thirty-five and onward we roll. Thanks so much for joining us on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I got twenty-five minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you, and uh, some of more of your awesome phone calls too. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I got a lot of social media working today, and a lot of people with thoughts on the Vinman uh, nonsense from yesterday. If you want to hit up, hit me up on that. Do it at France Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Parlor. France Radio, F R A N T Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, and no underscores. Want to pivot now? I told you about this last half hour. The Alliance Defending Freedom, we talk to on a fairly regular basis. Why? Because what they are doing is extraordinarily important for all of us. I said this before. Um, Whenever we talk about some of the clients that Alliance Defending Freedom is working for and on behalf of, understand that those clients are not just those clients. They are all of us, because you don't know when you're going to be the next one, in all seriousness. You don't know if you're a business owner when you're going to be targeted next. You don't know if your school or your uh, your place of employment or your church, um, your health club, is going to be targeted uh, for you know not bowing particularly to the LGBTQ mafia and that agenda, uh, or the anti-abortion agenda, or excuse me, the uh, abortion agenda, the the uh, pro-choice agenda. Rather, you don't know when you're going to be targeted next, and and you don't know when you're going to need somebody to step up on your behalf, and that's what Alliance Defending Freedom has done. Last week, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit issued an emergency order temporarily halting New York officials from targeting a faith-based adoption provider for its religious beliefs and seeking to shut it down on that basis. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys representing New Hope Family Services, we told you about this story a couple of weeks ago, 
uh, asked the court to stop state officials from interrupting current adoption placements or mandating the phase-out of its adoption program. And last Monday's order grants that until the court has a chance to consider whether to reverse a federal district court's decision to dismiss New Hope's lawsuit sometime after oral arguments are held November 13th. Uh, Alliance Spending Freedom Senior Counsel Jeremiah Gallus argued before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, in the Skyline Wesleyan Church versus California Department of Managed Care case. And uh, joining us to discuss that now in uh, more detail is Denise Harley, an attorney representing Alliance Defending Freedom, or working with, rather, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, on this Skyline case. Uh, Denise, thank you so much for coming on. How are you this morning? Hey, Bob. It's great to be back on your show. It's a pleasure. I love spotlighting the great work that you guys do, whether we have had decisions made and won court cases all the way up to the Supreme Court or we're in the battle, because we want people to know how important it is what you are doing and how important it is for us to help support you on that. So tell us first more about the, the original case here, Skyline versus the California Department of, Ma- of Managed Care. Sure. Well, you mentioned um, our case out of the Second Circuit, where New York is targeting faith-based adoption agencies. Um, but but if you want to hear more about Skyline, it's a, it's a similar problem. There's well, yeah, we can do them policy. both. Yeah, I apologize. I, I'm kind of linking them, uh, and and I think uh, I think the the alliance has done that as well. Uh, kind of linking yes. them together. But go ahead and take them in whichever order you like. They're absolutely linked. So first, we have problems in New York. So all Americans should be free to live and work according to their beliefs without fear of unjust government punishment, and that means the government can't tell faith based organizations to do things that violate their core mission and their core religious beliefs. But that's happening now in New York and California. Very recently, things, um, breaking news there, really. One is that New York is trying to shut down faith-based adoption agencies if they won't agree to violate their religious beliefs and their moral beliefs that the best place for a child is in a home with uh, a father married to a mother. I mean, that's our New Hope case where... Um, the the New York government has said, we will shut you down if you don't agree to abandon your biblical teachings. And for now, we have a temporary victory in the federal appellate court mm-hmm. saying that New York can't do that. The government cannot force a religious organization to violate their beliefs. It's unconstitutional, and it has no place in a free society. Now, the the accusation against uh, New Hope uh, at Family Services is what? That they're discriminating against either single parents or same-sex couples or even, uh, you know, a woman and a man who are, you know, together but not married. Essentially, they're saying you have to give all of these people access to your adoption services. That's correct. It's, it's one of those so-called anti-discrimination laws, but what it really does is it discriminates against people um, who have religious beliefs. So it discriminates against people of faith because... What's going to happen is New York is going to deprive children of loving homes if it shuts down the faith-based adoption agencies. And and how can you tell me how many uh, families or how many children rather are served or placed uh, with this agency or agencies like them every year? Because uh, I think that's important to point out. As you say, the victims here of this uh, protracted litigation, and if they're successful in shutting down the agency, the victims are the kids. How, how many are we talking mm-hmm. about on an annual basis? Our, new, our client, New Hope, has placed more than 1,000 children in loving adoptive homes. And so not only have 1,000 children's lives been changed, but that's 1,000 mothers and 1,000 fathers who have the chance for parenthood. That's all the grandparents and siblings and cousins and aunts and uncles and the, the ripple effects of what happens when a charity like New Hope 
um, places a child in a loving, healthy, adoptive home. And that's what's at stake here. Uh, we're talking to Denise Harley, once again, from the Alliance Defending Freedom, about this uh, very important uh, case in New York. Let's let's pivot now to Skyline, as I mentioned, because they are linked. They're not, you know, the same case, but they're linked uh, in, a, in, a, in a couple of unique ways. Uh, so, you know, this, this lawsuit in, uh, in California, where Skyline is located, is going to impact not just California and Skyline, but it's going impl- to impact churches throughout the region that the entire Ninth Circuit covers. Is that correct? Uh, well, when New York or California do things like this and they go after people of faith, um, it's, it's almost like a test case where other states will look to that, and if the courts don't put a stop to it, other other states will follow suit. So we're, we're fortunate that we have great Supreme Court decisions, even last year in the Nicola v. Becerra case and Masterpiece Cake Shop, saying it's unconstitutional for a state government to target um, religious beliefs and with hostility. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going on in California yet again. This time, California is forcing churches to provide and pay for um, abortion coverage on their insurance plans. And as you can expect, most and many churches, like our clients, Skyline Wesleyan, have sincerely held religious beliefs that the Bible teaches that um, life is precious from conception to natural death, and they absolutely do not want to be forced to... Um, provide coverage for abortion. You know what's really interesting, as I said, with the link to this is um, you know people who are of faith and people who just believe in life, like you, most of the people in this audience, if not all of them, and and I do and you do, is is we always tell people adoption, not abortion. If you have an unwanted pregnancy, an unplanned pregnancy, there are alternatives here to killing your baby, and that one is adoption. And here in these two cases that ADF is working on, um, they're, they're very closely linked because we're telling people in California not to force people of faith to provide abortion coverage, essentially. And then in New York, we're saying, uh, you know, we're fighting to keep adoption agencies open so that we can continue to provide services and opportunities for women uh, uh, or, or couples. Who uh, who pl- find themselves in a position being unable to care for a child, uh, and, and and it seems like the opposition is for just the opposite, yes to abortion, and we want to shut down adoption services. That's right. Um, a free society has to tolerate different views, right? Freedom of conscience and freedom of expression and religious belief are uh, fundamental to the First Amendment. Those are fundamental freedoms that we need in America. They people of faith are out there doing great things. They're ministering. They're running charities. They're blessing and supporting these mothers facing unplanned pregnancies. They're um, ministering to people in broken homes. They're encouraging people to choose life and welcome babies into our world. And yet we're seeing government hostility towards that, um, really trying to make that not an option, not a viewpoint allowed in our society. So we have the victory, or temporary victory anyway, in the Second Circuit in New York on the New Hope case. Where do things stand now with the Skyline case out in California? It really could be as long as a year before we hear a decision there. Um, It's always kind of a waiting game. But we are very hopeful, based on Supreme Court precedent, that ultimately we will yet again get a victory saying that religious freedom is sacred and that that government hostility towards people of faith has no place in the United States of America under our Constitution. How does ADF choose their, their clients in the cases that they take? 
Denise, because so many of them have you know similar themes. Obviously, as you're dis- discussing, targeting people uh, of faith for their faith and trying to tell them they don't have First Amendment protections to practice their religion as they please, and that they shouldn't be forced to compromise on their religious principles for uh, the benefit of someone else. Uh, I would imagine this is happening in more places than we can even count. How does ADF choose clients? You bet. Our core mission is to keep doors open for the gospel by protecting freedom, free speech, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion, um, and life. And we get dozens of calls a day from clients wanting us to take their cases because we are a nonprofit um, legal organization, and we do serve all of our clients pro bono, meaning we don't send them a bill. So we very carefully listen to the facts of the cases, and we choose the ones that we believe will have the most impactful nationwide effect for uh, for religious freedom and for free speech, and um, the clients that we know are, are firmly rooted in in the gospel and truth, and um, and we certainly have a lot to choose from, unfortunately. But God yeah. has been very gracious to give us awesome clients and and some really good victories. Yeah, well, and, and that last part is important because it's more than just the clients. It's victories for everyone. When these cases go, uh, precedents are oftentimes set in courts, uh, especially the higher they go. And uh, uh, and it's extremely important for everyone who might find themselves on the receiving end of some of this discrimination based on their religious beliefs. Now, as you said, you do this pro bono, and you don't charge the clients anything, yet you have to eat. You guys need to make a living, and you need to be able to ha- uh, you know, have the funds to cover all of the expenses it takes to try these cases over the period over a period of years in many cases. So how do people help you? We rely completely on support from donors and ministry friends. We are we know that every day is just every day our doors are open is just another day of grace and we're so thankful for people who support us. You can go to adflegal.org and follow all of our cases there and you can also donate, set up as a, a monthly donor or a one-time donation if you feel so led. Um, and again, we're just so thankful for people that allow us to do this work uh, for the kingdom. I'm looking at the uh, website right now, uh, adflegal.org, as uh, Denise just said, adflegal.org. There's a red donate button or an orange. I'm a little bit colorblind. It's reddish-orange, I guess. Uh, up at the right-hand side of the uh, top of the page, uh, click that donate button because, again, the work that Denise and all of the attorneys and all of the staff and all of the uh, leadership at Alliance Defending Freedom are doing is integral to protecting all of our religious liberty, not just the folks in uh, New York and in California, but really literally from one end of this country to the other. Uh, Denise Harley, thank you so much for the update on uh, the victory, the temporary victory in New York and the status of Skyline in California. We'll keep following those cases and more, and we'll check back in with you again soon. Thanks so much for your support, Bob. Really Always. appreciate you. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Denise. God bless. Uh, that th- this is beyond important. I mean, honestly, I don't want to. Uh, I don't like to be hyperbolic. I know sometimes I can be uh, and really go over the top with drama, but it it really is as as, as big as I'm sa- stating it is. I'm really not overstating this. Um, I mean, we have examples right here in Northeast Ohio. We did the story. What was it? Six months ago, I think maybe. Um, uh, the uh, uh, Lyceum was targeted by the city of South Euclid. And they're trying to force the Lyceum to hire teachers who don't teach the classical and biblical teachings of, of the school. Uh, and Alliance Defending Freedom is defending uh, the Lyceum, which is, again, right here in Northeast Ohio. So we have these cases. You just don't know when somebody is going to target your institution, your church, your organization, your employer, maybe if you're the owner, your business, 
You don't know when they're going to target you and saying, I demand that you do this. You must accept this. You know, what was the other one we also talked about a couple of weeks ago? The um, funeral home, and I can't remember the location of this one now, but a funeral home in mortuary services who had an employee working with them for years who did fine work uh, and then decided he wanted to be a woman. And he, so he started, uh, you know, this you know, male in every single way started to wear women's clothes. And they asked him, please don't do this. This is making our, you know, grieving families uncomfortable when they come here to make their final plans for their recently de- deceased and they're sitting there staring at you in a dress. Uh, and, and, and it's, and it's just not good. It's not good for anybody. And of course, there's a lawsuit against the funeral home. So they're always, you just don't know when your business or your uh, organization is going to be targeted and you're going to be forced to do something at the point of a spear or be faced with a massive lawsuit that you can't possibly afford to defend yourself from. That's why so many settlements happen. People cannot afford to spend the, the, the money on the attorney's fees to defend themselves in cases like this. And that's where ADF comes in. ADFlegal.org. Click the Donate button and help uh, these individual clients because eventually it may be helping you. All right. Uh, final uh, segment of the program is coming up right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1053, you got seven good minutes left to squeeze in a few more phone calls before the top of the hour. And we're going to go uh, to Mark in Fairview Park next. Hey, Mark, you're on the air. Go ahead. Made it back just in time. I was out volunteering and walking dogs at a shelter. But uh, anyway, I was listening. I, I want to say that uh, uh, what TJ had to say kind of took the wind out of me. He hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, I had nine years in the service in the Air Force Tactical Airlift Squadron in Vietnam, and, and then I switched over to the Army. But uh, the officers that we had, I, I mean, a lot of amazing guys in that. And as I said, TJ hit it right on the head. Uh, when I was watching the program, I, I just first thing I said, I said, who is this guy? Who is this guy? But uh, uh, anyhow, I wanted to point is, out Is also, it more about wearing the blues, or is it more about uh, you know wearing the, wearing the dress uniform, or is it more about his demand to be called Lieutenant Colonel? Uh all of them, but you know, I, I, you know, I'm moving kind of faster because I did want to comment on the blues. Okay. But I want to mention that the ex ambassador who was up there also, she gave up, she got up there and gave her grandiose little speech. But then I watched her for a few minutes and it, yes, no, yes, no. I said enough of that. I'm turning that off. You know, <laughs> like a little, like a little mouse. <clears throat> But anyhow, these new uniforms. Well, that's because these people, if I may, uh, and I'll let you finish, Mark. But that's Mm -hmm. because these people have no courage of the convictions that they are up there trying to present. I mean, seriously, she doesn't believe any of this. She doesn't believe she's mad because she got fired. And the truth of the matter is, the president is allowed to fire any ambassador he wishes. And if anybody doubts that, simply go back to Barack Obama, who literally on day one fired every Bush ambassador appointee working in the entire State Department. So when you talk about firing ambassadors she was absolutely allowed to be fired uh it had nothing to do with trying to hide something or staging some sort of a quid pro quo or anything else she and she knew it and that's why she was up there being as mousy as she was she has no courage of her convictions exactly exactly and and i just like to finish up you know with these uniforms now i don't mind the jacket so much but uh the the hats these guys have uh, you know, I don't know if it looks like they're uh, wearing a, some kind of a high school band uniform or they're a third world dictator or uh, they're a soldier or something out of the Nutcracker suite. But uh, they got to go. But the good news is uh, through the, my friends, uh, 
We have sons who are in the military now, and guys that I served with. Uh, they uh, and I also saw in uh, 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 what is it, the uh, Military History magazine. In two twenty, they're supposed to come out with a new uniform now, and it's going to be very similar to the World War II uniform, where they had kind of like the Eisenhower jackets and that. So, and I also got that information from, uh, as I said, some of my friends who have uh, sons that are officers in the military that in 2020 but it was they had a write-up on it in uh, military history magazine but anyhow that's all i got Thank all right well mark i'm glad thanks so much for the phone call i appreciate it just to follow up on that really super quickly here there's about 20 seconds mr vinman you testified in your deposition that you did not know the whistleblower uh, ranking member it's uh, lieutenant colonel vinman please uh, Le- lieutenant colonel vinman you testified in the deposition, and I, that and you I, did not know. I wanted to play that really quickly just to point out this tweet from a National Guardsman who said, quote, um, Representative Devin Nunez refers to Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman as Mr. Vinman. Ranking member, it's Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, please. Vinman responds. And that the National Guardsman tweeted in response to that, um, Oh, great. And the page refreshed on me at the wrong time. I apologize, but I wanted to I wanted to say what he said. And I'll have to paraphrase it now because it's gone. But he said, basically, uh, what uh, Vinman just did was alert every military member, anybody who's ever worn a uniform, that he is a Delta Bravo. Delta Bravo being military jargon for DB, which is blank bag. And you can put that together yourself if you wish. Uh, let's go to Dennis in uh, Lorraine. Hey, Dennis, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Um I'm listening at the TV right now. The EU ambassador is, uh, maybe you want to hold your comment, because the EU ambassador is laying out everybody. He's telling it all. Oh, Gordon Sondland? You're talking about Gordon Sondland? Yes, he he is not biting his tongue. He is calling names. He is giving dates, times, and places from Trump on down that it was a quick copal and that um, Pompeo, everybody knew it. And it was contingent on holding back the, the millions based on whether or not the um, new president of that country would. Um, well, I will tell you this, campaign. Dennis. I, I will indeed watch that. When, obviously, I can't watch it while I'm live on the air. But I find it very interesting what you're describing. Because this would be the third time now Sondland has spoken under oath. And the first two times he changed and contradicted himself, and now he is going in whatever direction you're describing right now. So uh, the question is, is which time was he being truthful? And Lord only knows, because if you say something twice and they are opposite of one another, or if you say if you speak on the same issue and you say the uh, say something different three times, uh, you have uh, essentially put into question your own credibility. Oh, here's the text, by the way, uh, from the uh, guardsman. Uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, tweet. Correcting a civilian about how to be addressed is for sure a for sure way to make sure everyone in the military thinks you are a Delta Bravo, a blank bag. And you can, again, put that together if you wish. All right, thanks very much for being a part of the show today. Great conversations all the way around. We'll look forward to talking to Dr. Everett Piper tomorrow. And, yes, we will reco- uh, recap and cover whatever is going on today with Sondland and the rest. Have a great day. Mike Gallagher's next. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.